0: Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz and this is Ascension Presents. Now, um, I've got this Bible. This is a Bible that I've had for a number of years now. And I just am reflecting on the different ways that I've read the Bible over the, over the years. Um, and I think that almost every person who is introduced to the scriptures, the, the Old Testament, New Testament, the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures, uh, from a young age, kind of go through these things you might call like the ages of Bible reading. In the first age, typically, this is just people I know and this is myself, is like the uh, like the story age. Basically, it's the it's a book filled with a bunch of interesting stories. There's Adam and Eve. There's Noah. There's the story of Samson. There's the story of like here's the the virgin birth. Here's when angel Gabriel came to Mary. Here's the shepherds in the field. All those kinds of things. Bible stories. Basically, we get Bible stories, and we think the crazy thing is this: as kids, because those stories are read to us as kids, we think then when we get older that those were children's stories but when you actually read the bible you're like wait a second whoa those are that's the chi- children's story that they told me where there's some like serious stuff going on in there and so one of the things we realize is okay it's not just a book of children's stories we have to go through that phase the next phase. Now, the next phase I went through was I thought the Bible was a book of inspirational quotes. So if I was ever kind of like just really, really wanting some inspiration or really wanting some kind of like, I just want to, you know, shot to the heart of like grace or something like this, I'm going to flip open the Bible and I'm going to read something from this and it's going to lift my spirit. It's going to inspire me. And I found out that, wait a second, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I find uh, scriptures that's just really confusing. I go to the Bible and I'm actually not like inspired. This still still happens to me as an adult, as a, as a priest. Like, sometimes I'll go to the scriptures and be like, Oh, yeah, I mean, no, I know that one. I've read this before. I mean, I, I might have read it once or twice already. And I can go to the scriptures and not be inspired. And so I could think, well, it's a book of children's stories or it's a book of inspirational quotes that aren't very inspiring all of the time. And I can discard it. So sometimes we move on to the third age of Bible reading, which is reading the Bible like an answer book. Like, okay, I don't just need inspiration now. I need answers. God, I need some direction. I need some guidance. And so we can do the, we play Bible roulette where we just kind of go like this and say, okay, and here we stop and then see if the God has given us the answer to the question that we're asking in this moment. When we do realize when we do that, we can't, uh, we don't get what we want because the book Bible is not simply an answer book. It's not simply a book of inspirational quotes and it's not simply a children's storybook. So we get to this place, what you might call, like, the adolescent phase. Maybe you might even call it the skeptic phase, where we think, wait a second, some of these stories don't necessarily seem like they all are historically and literally true. Now, here's the thing. When you discover that there might be some things in the Bible that are not historically and literally true, sometimes people say, well, in that, that case, who even knows, This, you know, forget it, and they, and they check out. But, I will say this, the Bible, it's all true. Everything in the Bible is true, but it's not always the same kind of truth. In fact, the Bible, made up of a bunch of different books and a bunch of different literary genres, are going to convey different kinds of truth. But it's always going to convey the truth. Like, as an example, it wouldn't make any sense for me to pick up, like, you know, a geometry textbook and flip through it and say, oh my gosh, this is the— this is the worst poetry I've ever read in my life. It doesn't, doesn't even rhyme. Like that, that would make sense. You would come to me and say, Well, Father, it's not supposed to rhyme. It's not even poetry. It's geometry. I wouldn't say this is bad poetry, but it's still good geometry. When it comes to the Bible, all these different books with all these different genres all contain truth. Now, some of those truths are not historically true at all. For example, Jesus tells a parable. Maybe it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Here's a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho and he gets assaulted by robbers and these three people pass by and the third person helps him out. Like, Jesus isn't teaching that as something that historically happened. He's teaching that as a truth, though. Who is the neighbor? But there are some things that are historically true. um, For example, creation, the creation story. That's historically true. At one point in eternity, God started time. And he made everything. That's historically true. Now, it's not necessarily historically and literally true. It says seven days in chapter one. It doesn't say seven days in chapter two. That's a whole nother story. Actually, literally, it's a whole nother story. If you really re- realize that reading chapter one and chapter two of Genesis, there are two different stories of creation, you realize both of them are true. They're not necessarily historically and literally true. But it's all true. So, what do we what do we come up with? Well, how do we read the Bible like an adult? We realize that God used human authors to write the sacred scriptures. So if you ask the question, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew? you'd say Matthew. If I asked it again, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew, you'd say the Holy Spirit. And the catechism teaches that both of them, Matthew and the Holy Spirit, are true authors of sacred scripture. In fact, Sometimes we have this image like right that um, Matthew's sitting writing his, his gospel, and an angel's whispering to his ear, "Hey, write this down." And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's good, that's really good. I'll keep doing that." Or we have this idea that maybe like, you know, God like, overwhelmed Matthew and just he went into this trance state and just started scribbling out the Gospel of Matthew. That's not what happened. What we believe as Catholic Christians is this: that Matthew wrote the Gospel of Matthew as Matt as Matthew, as a Jewish man who spent a number of years as a tax collector, a number of years living with Jesus, a number of years living with the Holy Spirit after Jesus to a particular group of people. And he wrote as Matthew with his style of writing, with his knowledge and his lack of knowledge, but that God used Matthew in such a way that God was able to communicate those things and only those things that he wanted to communicate for the sake of our salvation. Now, if that sounds strange, realize that's what your life and my life is all about. When it comes to being used by God, it's not like we get taken over by him. It's not like we, he gives us little inspirations all of the time and says, hey, go do this, go say that word to this person or, or don't do this. But he allows us to act and if we say yes to him, our lives become conformed to his will. Our lives become directed by the Holy Spirit so that we could ultimately, if we are com- perfectly conformed to his will, we do those things and only those things that give him glory and sanctify our brothers and sisters, help our brothers and sisters. Just like all of the writers of sacred scripture were simply disposed to God using them in their talents, in what they knew, and what they were weakness, and where, where they were weak, and what they didn't know, you and I are called to do much of the same things. Because as someone has once said very, very famously, saying that, uh, watch how you live because your life may be the only gospel that anyone ever reads. Is that gospel a true gospel? Am I completely disposed to what God wants me to do? Or is it something less than that? Now, all of us are called to go through those different ages of the gospel and I still, ages of the Bible reading, I still read the Bible for the stories I love them. I still get inspiration out of the Bible. I still get answers out of the Bible. And I still get direction out of the Bible. But ultimately, what I get out of the Bible is I get the Word. I get Him. And I get to know the Father's heart. It's all true. You can believe it all. We also use our brains when we read. Because someone used their brain when they wrote it all of us here at Ascension Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.